This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So in a game in 1995, my New York Jets was playing in Buffalo against your Buffalo Bills. You actually sacked me. I literally don't remember. Did you at least check to see if I was still breathing? I stood over you the whole time. Game time with Boomer Esiason. This week's guest is NFL all-time sacks leader, Bruce Smith. Presented by GEICO. All righty, today's guest was a first-team All-America defensive end in 1984 and 85 at Virginia Tech before becoming a perennial All-Pro for the Buffalo Bills. Now, many pundits rank him as the greatest pass rusher of all time. Now, I can personally attest to that. His unbreakable record of 200 sacks in his 19 years with the Bills and Redskins is why he was a first ballot inductee into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's kind of great to be reunited with the sack man, Bruce Smith. Great it, to see it, you. Welcome it, to Game Time. Instead of me looking over you, trying yeah. to find out if you're okay. All right, I'm gonna yes, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. start right there with that. <laughs> okay. okay? <laughs> so I, I want to say this: that you yeah. know, when you play against great defenses, like would it be the Bears or even the Bills? You know, it's not all about the K gun. You guys right. are great on defense too. You always have to identify the best players, and you have to make sure that they are taken care of. So in a game in 1995, my New York Jets was playing in Buffalo against your Buffalo Bills. Now. I don't remember the game. I don't remember the play that I'm going to ask you about. Mm. I don't know anything about your reaction to this particular play. And I finally am glad that we get a chance to talk about this openly in front of millions of people. You actually sacked me. I think you jumped off sides. You hit me right underneath here. Wrong. Uh, oh, wrong. What do you mean wrong? I didn't jump off sides. Okay, okay. Yeah, you yeah, jump yeah. Off okay. You said you didn't remember. I, that's so what I'm thinking. How did you say I jumped off sides? Uh, I don't know, but I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> because you know what? You caught me off guard, right? Right, right. So I, I do, I've seen the play a yeah. thousand times, but I, I literally don't remember it. And I don't mean to take it lightly because it was a concussion. And you hit me underneath my chin and, and you just did what you were supposed to do. You drove me into the ground. Now... After you got off of me, did you at least check to see if I was still breathing? I stood over you the whole time. You did? Yes, I did. Were well, you going pulse. like this? Were you I going like this? Pulse. Oh, you did? I, yeah, yeah. You yeah, actually yeah. had concern? I, I, yeah, absolutely. Well, of course I did, Boomer. I was, 
I was I was scared. Mm -hmm. uh, that was the first time I'd hit someone that hard before, and the way the play went down, the left tackle, Everett MacGyver, he actually false started, and that's what initiated my taking off on the line of scrimmage. He was playing in a hostile environment, couldn't hit a snap count. Uh, I knew that I was going to be able to exploit that, and when he false started, I took off, and uh, I turned the corner. You never saw me coming, unfortunately. Um, it was probably one of the most devastating hits you'd ever, ever it, seen. It, 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 well, for me it was, um, yeah. and I really, I literally, I don't remember any of it. And interestingly enough, I don't know if you're even aware of this, the team doctors for the New York Jets at that time put me in what was what is now known as concussion protocol. And I was in concussion protocol for, I think, five weeks. I missed the next five games. And then, oddly enough, the next game that I actually got back on the field, who was on the field with me? You were. We yeah. played the Buffalo Bills again. Yeah. I'm I, like, I couldn't get away from you. I, I kept up with you to, to see how you were progressing health-wise. I, I know you did, and because you and I have a very close friend together, and that's Frank Reich. Exactly. And Frank was my college roommate, and he At was your Maryland. backup quarterback. Correct. That's right. So, that's right. And Frank was reaching out to me, just making sure I was okay, and he often told me of your concern. So yeah. I, I have a little fun with you at this point in time, but I will say that uh, on the pain in the ass meter, yeah. uh, for me anyway, you're like right at the top of it. PIA. PIA, PIA. meter, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> um, you know, when you think about that hit, just think about it, we both know how violent the game of football is. And we know from the previous generations of football players and the long-term effects of our game that have had on them and obviously will have on us eventually, do you think the game is in a good spot, and do you think the players of today understand what we went through? I think it's gotten better. Uh, I still don't think the players of this era understand the sacrifices that was made by our generation right. of players and even the generation of players uh, that preceded us. I think that the, the game is headed in the right direction. They have to put the rules in place to make sure that the quarterbacks are protected. It's a violent game. Yeah. And for those of you that play defense, it's all about imposing your will. Coach Cower has always told me this on the NFL Today. It's about opposing your will on your opponent. We are taught to, to hit that player so hard that you separate the body from the ball. It's frightening when you think about it. Yes, separate the body from the ball. I want to just really quickly talk about some of the quarterbacks yeah. that you did hit. Were there any that really got into your face? Anybody ever say anything to you? Anybody getting angry with you? Yeah, Jim did. Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly. Your own quarterback. Yeah, my own quarterback. We were, we were in practice clowning around one day, and he, he made a smart comment uh, uh, during practice. And I said, all right, I'm, I'm just going to get him and, and, and just let him know. Anytime I want to have him, I can, I can get him. Uh, I beat the, the left tackle uh, pretty cleanly. And uh, I went back there and I just swiped the ball out of his hand. And he got hot. <laughs> he got in my face. And you. Really? Yeah, well, that's why yeah, I listen. Yeah, we yeah, were yeah, tough yeah, in our yeah, own way yeah, when we're underneath yeah. pads and all that other yeah, stuff. Yeah. The self proclaimed gladiator, Bruce Smith, was the first player from Virginia Tech to be elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Back then, the Hokies weren't a powerhouse regularly scouted by the pros. However, your coach, Bill Dooley, once told you. If you come to Tech, you will get an excellent education, and if you can play, they will find you. And, and they found you, and uh, you came from Norfolk, Virginia. Give me a sense of what your parents were telling you when you were growing up, because obviously you had the physical ability to be what you became a Hall of Famer. They were living their lives as a perfect example for it, us to, to kind of emulate. 
My father was a, um, he drove a cab, he drove a dump truck for uh, a company in Norfolk, Virginia. My mother worked in a plastic factory. Uh, she also saw, sold Avon, uh, and then she um, uh, drove a city bus. Wow, so, three jobs. Yeah, yeah. So, wow. So my mother and father, um, they, they showed us what it was like uh, to be responsible parents. When did you realize that you were something special, like that you were different than the guys you were playing with and against? I, I believe I started realizing that in, in high school mm -hmm. when um, I was able to run with guys that were 30 and 40 and sometimes 50 pounds lighter than I was. And I'm not talking about football. I'm mm. talking about basketball. Right. Because that's where all of my athleticism came from. I didn't come into my own until my senior year in high school. But when I came into my own, it seems like my eyes just lit up and, and everything just kind of opened up for me. Coming out of Virginia Tech, you were known as the sack man. Because Correct. the sack is, you know, it's like throwing a touchdown pass. You know, right. it's great. But there's so much more that goes into football. And then as I was looking back in your bio and some of your statistics, and I realized that, you know, as a defensive end, like you're like the leading tackler at that position in the history of the NFL. Yes. So that means you're actually doing your job against the run. It wasn't until... Uh, Ted Cottrell was brought in uh, my second year uh, playing for the Buffalo Bills that that light switch went off and I started studying film and I became a student of the game and I started understanding formations and their favorite plays out of formations and that's when my IQ of the game IQ. of football yeah starting to come into play. You know, I don't like Ted Cottrell for that reason. You know, yeah, that, well, that, that created <laughs> well, a lot of problems well, for it, us. It, uh, Chuck Lesser, <clears throat> Ted Cottrell, yeah. Marv Levy. Marv Levy. There, there were a number of them. Well, this is really where it gets interesting. When Marv Levy became the coach of the Bills back in 1986, he thought Bruce Smith had no chance to be a Hall of Famer because, now these are Marv's words, not mine, don't get mad at me, you were overweight, self-indulgent, overly impressed with himself, and didn't have a great practice habits. Now, this is all according to Levy. He also said it took two people to turn him around. Your teammate, Daryl Talley, and a counselor named Carmen. And we all know who Carmen became. counselor, huh? Yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> Carmen becomes your wife. But I wanted to ask yeah. you, when did the self-awareness hit you that Marv's words were profound and you were going to change? Yeah, I, I think that um, the first two coaches that we had, which was Kay Stevenson. Yep. Uh, and then it was Hank Buller, and there wasn't a connection from beginning this maturation process uh, to instill in critical players that were on the team, myself and Andre Reid and Jim Kelly. Think and of all the Thurman. Hall of Famers, yes. Oh, it just yeah. keeps coming yeah. and coming so, and coming. So it, it was a maturation process that, that, that had to take place. And, and between Marv Levy and Ted Cottrell, that's when it started to unfold. What Marv did in our lives and, and, and on the football field. He taught us how to be pros. Like he would tell Thurman, when you score a touchdown, turn around and give the ball to the referee. He actually told them that? Act like you've been there before. Really? Uh, I remember when I first started out, I would dance over the quarterback. Mm -hmm. I'd make a fool out of myself and do things that I shouldn't have done. When Marv got there, he'd say, guys, act like you've been there before. And then go do it again. So he created a culture is he what created, he was saying. He, he created one incredible culture. So it was interesting. I, I didn't know this, and I know you were close with all your teammates. You guys were great. But Daryl Talley was an important figure in your life. 
Yeah. Now, interestingly enough, you know, I played against him when he was at West Virginia. He was not a nice person. Oh, you know. I recall. Uh, he yeah. was not a nice person. <laughs> I played against him, too, at Tech. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. Then, But then you guys end up as teammates together. Yeah. One's on one side, the other's on the other side. I'm like, what yeah. is going on here, yeah. man? Yeah. Uh, tell me what Daryl Talley was able to do for you and how he helped you. Well, Daryl was a student of the game. Mm -hmm. um, he knew coverages, he knew where every player was supposed to be. Once he passed some of that knowledge on to me, mm -hmm. I would get in the, 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 the classroom and study film and be the first one in right. and the last one out. So you became a leader. I would come in on my days off and work out. I would jot down notes way before we had our Wednesday meeting to go over the game plan for the next opponent we were about to play. And then I would call Daryl in on certain occasions and say, Daryl, this is what I viewed um, in, in the, the last opponent's ball mm -hmm. game. These are the stunts that work on them. This is the pass protection that they like to run. Although Bruce Smith recorded his monumental 200th sack with the Washington Redskins, and I'm glad I wasn't part of that, he told the crowd at his Hall of Fame induction ceremony in 2009 that the sum total of my career will forever be defined by the 15 years I spent playing for the Buffalo Bills and what a ride it was. You guys are awesome, man. Watching you guys go to four Super Bowls and, and accomplish straight. so many things. I know four straight Super Bowls. We were the last team that beat you yeah. five straight AFC championship yeah. games. I know the wide right, you've probably been asked a million questions about it. That was the first Super Bowl against the New York Giants. That had to be the most disappointing of, of all the Super Bowls because you were that close. Yeah. First and foremost, playing for the Buffalo Bills fans, these blue-collar fans yep. with so much enthusiasm and passion uh, coming out in weather conditions that it's 20 below, 30 below. Uh, we led the league in attendance six years in a row. Mm -hmm. We didn't have a dome, dome over, our, no, our, uh, over our field. Uh, obviously, the, the, it was inclement weather. Just to have that support from those fans and, and uh, the people of the surrounding areas mm -hmm. of Buffalo, that's what gave us the energy and the excitement to go out and, and, and do what we did and perform the way we did. Obviously, the first Super Bowl loss uh, was lost by one point. Yep. It was very disappointing. Uh, it was heartbreaking. We had to look within ourselves to, to find out what we could have done as an individual player to see how we could have done something just a little bit differently that we didn't have to put Scott Norwood in that position. I know for me, when I got to safety, I had an excessive uh, celebration penalty, mm -hmm. knock us back another 15 yards and maybe we would have scored a touchdown, but we had to settle for a field goal. So, uh, it, it was certainly disappointing, but um, I, I like to look at the cup as being half full, not half empty. I hear you. Yeah. So, um, what do you say to your kicker? Did you ever say anything to Scott? And you know, and I did. What yeah. did you say? After the game was over, I stopped past his room. I said, uh, "I said, Scott, uh, we we win together and we lose together." That's that's what I told him. I, I'm, and I'm sure he appreciated it. And yeah. you know, and I know, like we lost our Super Bowl to uh, San Francisco, and yeah. I think back to that. And I hate always going back to the losing, but I always yeah. tell people, you know, it is about the journey. It is about getting there. And once you're there, and the first time you're there, here's a kid from Norfolk, Virginia, yeah. who grew up essentially with nothing, going yeah. after cans and everything else. And yeah. now you're walking out into the Super Bowl, and you did it four times in a row. Yeah. Um, is there a memory or something that maybe you think back about those four Super Bowls that really sticks out? It wasn't about just that moment of 
playing in that Super Bowl. It was about the journey that, that led up to the Super Bowl and all the people that played such an intricate part in me being able to, to, to participate mm -hmm. in, in the world's biggest stage. Who would ever thought it? <laughs> a a <laughs> little kid from the inner city in Norfolk, yeah. Virginia, uh, playing in, in the 1990 uh, Super Bowl was actually Defensive Player of the Year that particular year. Mm -hmm. And then we would go on to play in the next Super Bowl. Yeah, I think your team is represented very well at the Pro Football Hall of Fame, yeah. which ultimately defines who you are as a player and I think really takes the totality of that team and its success and gives it the respect that it deserves. I agree. Bruce Smith has said his greatest thrill was being inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, but not far behind was when on September 14, 2016, he became only the second Buffalo Bill to have his number retired. And uh, not only that, you're a college football Hall of Fame member as well. Uh, you lived up to the lofty draft status that you acquired at being number one pick overall back in 1986. Think about your life and your legacy as a player and what you've accomplished. How does that make you feel? I considered myself as living the dream, mm -hmm. uh, to, 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 to be real honest with you. And I was having so much fun um, when we were playing against you guys in 88, the biggest stage that I had ever seen at that point in time, when we started going to our Super Bowls and then the Pro Bowls and, and so forth and so on. Everything was moving so fast and we were having so much fun. I wasn't thinking about the end result of Hall of Fame, Jersey retired, NFL uh, all-time sack leader, and so forth and so on. So it, 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 it's great to reflect back upon that, uh, and it, it's great to have that in your resume. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there's life after football. Yeah, there is life. Yeah. So what is life after football yeah. like for Bruce Smith? Uh, a lot of golf. Right. Yeah, well, it's good. You love golf. I yeah, can't believe you yeah, big guys love yeah, playing golf, yeah. man. It's unbelievable. A lot of golf, um, a lot of work in the community. Um, I, I took a stand in, in my hometown of, of Virginia Beach of, of um, equality and, and disparity that has been taking place um, uh, within the government. Uh, uh, procurement process of government contracts right. to women and minorities. Um, I've been doing a lot of work at my, my high school, mm -hmm. providing scholarships and, and just doing things to make my community a better place. Because when you have a voice or when you have a platform, just don't let, just just don't waste mm. it away. Yeah, you are Use it to the benefit of others. Yeah, and you're yeah. making a difference. So yeah. that's why I want to ask you real quickly. Yeah. We have two wide receivers that are a little bit off the, the reservation, if you will. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. and Antonio Brown. Now, Antonio Brown's got some other significant, serious issues and allegations against him right now as we speak, and I'm not sure where that's going to lead. That's but, Antonio. Uh, Antonio. Antonio, yeah. yeah. yeah so, yeah. The, But the point being is that these guys have uh, been social media darlings. They use social media to, you know, to make their brand a little bit more apparent. Yeah. Uh, if they were your teammate, how would you feel about that? First of all, Social media is, is good if you use it wisely. Uh, it, it can be a, a great tool for marketing. Uh, it could be a great tool to, to, to get your platform or your brand uh, up here. Right. Uh, but I think these young men need some mentors in their life. Um, I, I think they need, uh, whether it be a coach, mm -hmm. uh, like Just we like had in Marble, right, or Teddy Cottrell. 
um, or whether it's some other teammates. Um, I think it's critical uh, because one day you will be, be a retired player and you don't want to be remembered by all of the mistakes or the foolish decisions that you've made while you're playing because right now you are, are there's a microscope on you mm -hmm. and I think in, in, in all honesty uh, these young men are, are extremely talented players but some of the decisions that, that they are making uh, are not in the best interest of their legacy. I think that's well said. Thank you, man. It was great to see all you. Right. And well, thanks for shaking my hand without breaking it. Uh, our thanks to Bruce Smith for joining us today and to all of you out there watching. I'm Boomer Esiason. I'll see you again soon right here on Game Time. Good job, man. That was great. That was awesome. I worked with Marv. I worked Did with you? Billy Ray Smith, Marv Levy, Deacon Jones. Um, look, Jay you can stop right there. Deacon Jones is my favorite. I thought, I thought me and Joe Green. Oh, Deacon Jones.